I mean, most most like podcasts or show have the exact same intro every time. Really? Because we do not. Yeah. Um, yeah maybe. Have you oh, seen really? Game of Thrones? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have. Maybe you know like you have. Have. I know you have. You know, yeah. like that kind of. Exactly. That doesn't count. Every TV show. Are you show. kidding? Yeah, Aaron, basically Aaron. every podcast also has the exact same intro. Aaron, you start the podcast. I'm just gonna do the Game of Thrones stuff in the background here. All right, okay. you ready? All right, I'm oh ready. God, please. Welcome to the forecast episode forty. Is it forty? Shoot, I don't even know if I have the right episode number, but that's okay. This is the worst possible thing that we could do. Forecast episode 40. Uh, the forecast is a bi weekly, also called fortnightly podcast, produced every other Thursday. We are a group of people who love exploring and discussing new products, uh, new movies, uh, board games, video games, random things that we sort of encounter that are just really, really interesting and kind of just discussing perspectives on them. Uh, also, we just like talking about random crap, which is fun as well. So, um, you can follow us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. All of everything, all of everything, everything, everything. we talk about. Everything. Thank you. I want to thank Back you very here. much. Everything we talk about will be in the cast notes, which we'll post to the website, and will also come out to whatever uh, podcast app that you use on your phone or whatever you're listening on. So thanks for joining us. Like I said, if this is your first time, welcome. If not, welcome back. Um, let's start this so off. So let's start... Yeah, let's do that. Let's we should yeah. do this. Actually, I, I want to start with the same thing we've been starting with the last couple of weeks, even though I have them in different order here on this sheet. But let's start with um, what you've been playing and how you do or don't feel about it in one minute and thirty seconds or less. Wow, that that keeps getting longer and longer. It's okay. I feel like it keeps getting shorter. <laughs> I feel like it keeps getting well, like the duration you can talk keeps oh, getting shorter, yes. but how we're describing yeah. what you're supposed to talk about uh, keeps getting longer yeah, yeah, and longer. Yeah, sure. How you do or don't feel this about it. This used to be what you're playing in two minutes or less. Now it's what you've been playing and how you do or don't feel about it in one minute or what 30 seconds. What you've been playing in two minutes or less is perfect. <laughs> right? There was, the problem was it was initially what you're playing and why you like it in two minutes or less. And not ah, necessarily see, does problem. everyone like what they're playing at the current moment. Well, Caleb, let's start with you this week oh, then since you won't perfect. shut up. Perfect. I've been playing Rhyme, which so far I do not enjoy that much. Oh. Yeah, it's uh. What is it? It's like a 3D puzzle platformer. Um. Okay. And it's it's really pretty, and it's kind of neat looking, but it's a 3D platformer, which I don't think is like a good thing generally. And also, it doesn't do it well at all. The platforming aspect. Oh. And oh. so far, the puzzles have been very not difficult. Just real quick, what do you mean by it doesn't do the platforming aspect very well? Uh, there, okay, there was this one section of the game that took me about 20 minutes to get through, despite the fact there was approximately five jumps that I had to make. <laughs> oh. But because it, every time be I got to the end like of the ledge... User error? No, half the time I got to the end of the ledge to like make a long jump, instead of doing the normal long jump like when you got to the edge, it would instead jump uh, about straight up and move like a tiny bit forward. That way I fell off the ledge. Over mm, and mm, over. So you were and over. you were hit jump and then move to the right instead of like jump and move to the right at the same time. 3D platformer, man. I was going forward. 
Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say. Right, left, forward. Yeah, they're different directions. That's really... Thank you for pointing Are they? What? Is it a genre issue or is it a game sense. has bad controls issue? I think it's a both issue. I think 3D platforming is not a good genre anyway. But I think this <laughs> game particularly does it poorly. Only one of the most popular and beloved genres in video games. Yeah. Well, mm. what can I the say? Back, I the back like that it. Nintendo <laughs> has built its business upon. Did somebody say yeah. Switch? No. <laughs> Oh god! No circumstances oh, has someone ever before we said get on that. To switches, before we get on to switches, what have you been playing, and how do you or don't you feel about it in one minute? Uh, I have been playing a little bit of Overwatch because of the um, current event that's going on. It's the whole summer games, which summer is? games. Oh, okay. Uh, and also, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go because for a week there, uh, when I wasn't on the podcast, I was down in Disney, and holy shit, Pokemon Go in Disney is amazing. Hmm. Are there just a lot of... What are those called? Pokestops? Like, every single ride is almost a Pokestop, and, like, half of them are then gyms. So there's just... There's just stuff everywhere. And, like... Wait, so you're, like, on a roller coaster with your phone out trying to catch Pokemon? Uh, I wasn't on any roller coasters, but, like, when you're in line or you're going through the lines to get to the ride, mm. you, you can just sit there and just, like, defeat a gym and take it back over while you're waiting in line and stuff like that. Also, all of the people that work at Disney play. So, like, I, I ended up bumping into a bunch of cast members that were off-duty, and they were just like, yeah, we're gonna go do a bunch of raids, because I, when I was down there was the week for Moltres. Uh, so they were just like, yeah, we're going to go do a bunch of raids. And I literally just followed like five people that normally work at Disney around Disney trying to catch Pokemon. That's creepy. Ooh, fun. It was kind of awesome. No, the, the, the creepy you just followed thing, them around. Huh? The, the, the creepy thing was we were trying to take out one raid and, uh, we needed a little extra help and we saw that the gym next to it was under attack. So we went over to see who was attacking that gym and see if we could convince them to join us. And that gym was under attack by a six and a ten year old. So mm. you're a like, bunch come on, kids. Twenty some year old dudes walked up to a six and ten year old, and the first thing we did was try to find the parents, because we didn't want to be super creepy about it. And we found the parents <laughs> and we're just like, hey, there's like a thing that your kids want to do like ten feet that way. You wanna join us? And, like, the parents also played Pokemon Go, so they were like, oh, cool, yeah, we'll, do, like, our entire family will join you. Um, so that was cool. Before we move on, can you just highlight real quick, I know we talked about last week Overwatch uh, just having its Summer Games um, uh, event. Uh, somebody mentioned that they were going to be doing a competitive Lucio Ball. Yes. Have you tried that? Do you know? What, I, I mean? I, so I am in, currently in Masters for competitive Lucio Ball. <laughs> Apparently I'm good at it. Um, and basically what it is, is, it is like all competitive is normally set up. So you have your 10 games that you have to play to get ranked, and then you have your ranked games, and any of the games that you win, you gain uh, the victory points that you can spend on your golden weapons, and any that you lose, you get nothing except experience, and your rank goes down. Your rank for a competitive Lucio Ball is not tied to your regular competitive rank. Well, that's probably a yeah. good thing. Um, and, but, I mean, that's all it is. Uh, the Lucio Ball matches are a couple minutes longer, but there's really no reason okay. not to do it, because if you win, not only do you get the points for a golden gun, but you also get your wins for the arcade for the week. 
So it's just like, hmm. you might as well just play it. And the worst that happens is you get closer to getting a golden gun. So Right, so you're just, you're just checking all the boxes yeah. for the week for your, what you need I to like do. I like it because it's slightly more intense than people playing regular Lucio Ball. But you're also not like super competitive intense. Like you normally might be if you're playing just competitive. Because it's Lucio Ball. People don't give a fuck. So you just kind of... Mm -hmm. You're just playing some Lucio Ball. You just might have some more communication in it than you were normally used to. But yeah, it's fun. I highly recommend people that like Lucio Ball to do that mode. Okay. Brendan, Brendan. what you been playing? Um, I've been locked in my basement for about a week playing Path of Exile. Because Have you literally not left? No, I, I've left for food, but that's about it. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, you could order that in, really. I mean, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to shrivel up. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. So, Path of Exile, yes. is it good since the update? Better than before, I'd say, and it was I liked it a lot already. Added a lot of uh, new content to play through. Everybody... Uh, it went from mm, 4 acts to, four to 10. 10. Yeah. yeah, because before, all the ARPG games had kind of this issue where you had to play through the same acts multiple times, and it would get a bit boring, especially if you'd make multiple characters. Yeah, but... yeah. Uh, a few others, but yeah, that's the main one. Works much better this way. It was very difficult. And uh, I I did go to a Smash tournament this weekend. Went pretty well. How'd you yeah, do? I uh, didn't make it out of my pool, but... Aww. I also didn't go in to like, mm. about a quarter of the people that went. Nice. So I'm not Alex and I, I don't... I don't remember the context of what we were talking about the other day, but somehow we brought the fact up that you, when we very first met you, turned out to be some sort of pocket Smash player. And Alex was really upset about the fact that you were just destroying <laughs> him. We had a, um, didn't we have some sort of tournament back in the day? Yeah. 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 I didn't actually play the game back then. So that makes you feel <laughs> oh, any worse about that. Well, yeah. Well, you weren't even like. Being a good player, I th I'm pretty no, sure I your strat was... Uh, I was trying my hardest to win. I didn't care if I was the best. I think your strat was to be on the edge of the screen as Samus and charge up yep. your laser. And then I would try to scare people away if they started trying to fight me. And just wait yeah. for everyone to kill each other. And then shoot your laser eventually. Yeah. And, and then in the last game, Alex figured it out and started chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't win. <laughs> I'm really glad you remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. I remember that vividly. Because he was not happy. Mm -hmm. All these punk kids. <laughs> <laughs> All these hip-hop kids. Um, I have been playing... Have you guys seen Northgard on Steam at mm -hmm. all? Any? Yep. Anything for it? Okay. Um, it is an RTS based on North, Norse mytholo mythology. Um, but the, one of the coolest things about the game is that there are multiple victory conditions. Uh, which is different. You know, normally you think about an RTS is just destroy the enemy, you're done. Um, right now they don't have the campaign completed, so it's basically just you versus a bunch of AI. Uh, you control the size of the map, control the number of AI you're playing against, and then you can win by any number of uh, of ways. You can control all of... So if you defeat all your enemies, control all our town halls, you win. If you gain enough fame, which just means you control enough regions, um, and you gain enough actual fame points, become a trader that is kind of... Um, in charge of the sort of known island in terms of trade. And then there's like a really cool one where each map has its own little uh, 
special possibility, like special win condition. Uh, uh, the couple of the cool ones I've seen that uh, um, you have a scout basically that makes the map grow and grow and grow as you play. Um, you just have one of your uh, villagers become a scout. They go find new portions of the map, and then that map, each one of those areas, you have to take over uh, to make sort of enlarge in your your area that you actually control. But the cool little like special winning conditions are like there's one where it's Yggdrasil. Uh, Yggdrasil? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the giant tree from Norse mythology. And if you find it and you control it, you just automatically win the game. doesn't matter how much map you have. Um, there's also one with Odin's sword. There's one um, that's the Gates of Helheim. It's just, it's neat. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if I'm fully on board, primarily because I suck at RTSs now. I used to be really good, but haven't played them in a long enough time, so they have a lot more difficulty than what I remember. Uh, but game's cool, and there's a one of my favorite parts about it, I think, is that there is a huge difference between uh, what they call their just like standard season and then winter time. Everything becomes much more difficult in winter time, and it's a really cool transition in game. Uh, it goes from just like being able to do things normally to reduced food, increased wood usage, uh, everybody moves slower. Um, it's a cool game. Cool game. Has anybody else tried it out? Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. No one here really is a RTS person anyway. Not anymore. So. It's it in early really access fun. and it's like 20 bucks and I don't know about that. Yeah, I know. I know. It's blowing yeah. up on Steam yeah. right now though. So, um, Alex, what you been playing? Uh, so I picked up uh, Ninja Theory's new game, Hellblade Senwa's Sacrifice. I've been playing a little bit of that. I don't think I like it. Um, Ninja Theory is known for being like a character action game developer. So they made like uh, Heavenly Sword and um, like the new Devil May Cry, like the reboot of Devil May Cry. And this game is like... There's not a lot of combat in it. Like most of it is kind of walking simulatory. Uh I will say the visuals are really nice and the sound design's incredible. Like they actually all the um voice work in the game was recorded with binaural uh microphones. And like the whole premise is like you're this girl that's traveling to hell to try to rescue her uh beloved soul or something. I don't know, it's very weird, but she's like mentally disturbed, so she hears voices all the time and stuff, and all these voices are like going through your head constantly, but they're like, it's all positional audio, very well mixed. Um, but yeah, the actual game is like, you're kind of walking through, you're solving these very rudimentary puzzles where you're kind of lining your visuals up with these symbols, and then you do like a little fight of like three people with like kind of bad combat that you just have like a light and heavy attack and a dodge and you just kind of spam it i don't know a lot of people are liking it a lot i don't really like it that too much i don't know man and uh i also played a little phantom trigger which is um kind of what's the other game that everybody compares it to hyperlight drifter Dancing trigger kind of hyperlight drifter oh, okay um but you kind of you got a whip and you got a little sword attack thing and they're like color coded and like certain enemies will only be hit by a certain thing and there's like kind of puzzles based on the color codes of your weapons 
That's kind of cool. That that game's better, I think. That's fun. Oh, this is one we were talking about that came out from Tiny Build. Yeah, Tiny Build. Um, kind of under the radar, I think. There's not very I feel like many a lot of their games are pretty, pretty under the radar though. Tiny Build, they're the um, Guys Scratchers people. No, they're uh, no. The publisher they did of the like cluster um, trucks. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. right. Um, and they like did Mr. Shifty. One we recently bought, mm -hmm. Mr. Shifty. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah, this is not. This I feel is like they're always just like sure. slightly under the radar. They don't really have things that are just like blowing up. Um, I don't know. I ha at least I haven't seen one of their games where I've been like, oh wait, actually, what's the one that you run? The running game where you're just like swinging on. I don't speed know. It's like speed speed runners. Yeah. Mm. That one was pretty big for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, I like it. I don't know. Group games. Hey, speaking of group games, um, Frank's not here, so we can't really use his intro, but uh, this Sunday, uh, August 20th, we're going to be going, um, hey, you guys want to play something? Uh, I don't think we have a time yet. I don't know. What time did we start last time? Like four or five o'clock? The first remember? time was like four. Last time was like seven. Okay, well, either way, uh, we're going to be doing a, hey, you guys want to play something again? Group play with uh, a large number of us on Sunday. We'll probably be picking a bunch of other games that we've found that we all have been playing. So uh, join in. Check out our uh, Twitch channel, uh, We Are The Horizon. Actually, what is our Twitch channel called? That's, That's what it's yeah, called. We Are it? The Horizon. Okay. Okay. Other news. Is anybody actually going to be able to see the eclipse like I am? Nope. The full, full eclipse no. or partial? I mean the full oh, eclipse. You yeah. guys aren't anywhere. You guys aren't going anywhere, are you? No. I'm just gonna get partial okay. at my work. It's gonna be in totality over downtown Kansas City, so you're getting real lucky in terms of position and location. Did you get your eclipse glasses? Uh I think I think mom bought like <laughs> five or six pairs. She called me the other day. She's like, Hey, so we're gonna come up on Sunday and we're gonna go watch the eclipse. I'm like, all right, cool. She's like, We're gonna have to drive like an hour. I'm like looking at the map. I'm like, Mom, you know, we can just like drive downtown and go like, you know, <laughs> stand out on the side of the road and watch the eclipse, right? Oh. So I don't know. <laughs> if you are in the path of totality, this is going to be the only time in the next, well, it's, been, it's the first time in 100 years this happens. So next one is in seven years. Probably try. It's in seven yep, years. Yep. Not the next one over North America, right? I don't know if it's the next one over North America. I just know that the next one's in seven years. Okay, yeah. yeah so like, seven I think years? that's the point, is it? Mm, or is that it I don't know. Like, it happens don't to be think seven so. years now this time. I think it just happens to be seven years. <sighs> All I know is the last one was like right around 100 years ago. It might have been 1918, not <clears throat> 1917, but it's been a while. So if you get a chance to go see it, you probably do that. It's going to actually probably be pretty it's really cool. It's been that long. It's, it's been yeah. a hot minute. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about the eclipse, just in general, is um, kind of twofold. Number one, most people kind of just assume that, it, like, like the sun, it's going to start in the east and set in the west. <laughs> no, when it's actually going to do the complete opposite of that, it's going to start up in Oregon and kind of fly down to South Carolina. So uh, that's neat. And then the second thing is, apparently, people have been trying to study solar eclipses for a long time. And one of the most unique things Jay was actually telling me about this is that there is this weird um sort of like radiating light effect that you'll see on the ground if you're in totality yes. that they literally do not understand oh it's like uh, the ring of light like the halo 
No, no, no. This is like if you like were look at to look at the ground during the the full eclipse during totality, you actually see these like uh, light waves, kind of like shimmers. Um, oh, I, I have to ask her how she describes it, but it's kind of like shadow light band, shadow light band, shadow light band, like all across the ground, uh, and that's just coming from around the the moon. Mm. We just haven't had enough time, I guess, to study it. Probably we only get an eclipse every the so light often. reflecting off the dome over the flat Earth. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's got to be. <laughs> oh, is that, like that it, Alex? <laughs> oh, you've enlisted your boss a little too much. Oh. Uh, it, it, that would be something he would tell me. He'd be like, "Look be. at this. Look at these light bands. They don't even know what these are. You know what they are? I'll yeah. tell you what they are. Because the Earth's flat." He'd, he, he'd also tell you that the dinosaurs got flipped off the Earth because. A meteor hit one side, and then it just flipped them off like you're flipping a quarter off of a table. They all flew off planet Earth. It looks mm-hmm. like the next total eclipse is going to happen in 2024. So yeah, over seven the United years. States over the U.S. Yeah, correct. Wow. Okay. Because oh, no. everybody makes it sound like this is like the last time. In yeah, a I know. Everybody's making like a super duper big deal about it, but it's just because it hasn't happened in a long time. I think. Yeah. Uh, I was told that there is a lady in um, Wyoming that is in the actual direct path of totality, and she has like a 40-acre farm, and she is renting out to couples to be able to camp that night, stay for the eclipse, and then the following night, they're going to do like a wine and a farm-to-table <laughs> feast. Ooh. It's $1,500 per oh, couple. that's ridiculous. Goodness gracious. Jeez. People will play that, she make it. You're making some cash money. Damn straight she is. But Mostly hey. Mostly because people are dumb. If you want to view yeah. the eclipse, make sure that you have your sunglasses and you don't use a strainer because you don't want to don't hurt your eyes. Or just glance at it like I'm going to do. Yeah, that's pretty much what I, my game is. Slash plan. look in our lake that's right next to our office and look at the reflection and of just it. And see the, just see the reflection. I mean, you're getting <laughs> most of it off of that. I guess. I guess. It'll be neat. So if you get a chance to go see it, Please do. It's going to end up in South Carolina. It's starting up in sort of uh, Oregon, uh, Washington state it's area. And in South Carolina? So, well, over the United States. Okay. And South Carolina starts in Washington, Oregon. Speaking of Washington, actually. 1945. Uh, Alex and I were just out in no. Washington state. Ago. What are you talking about? 1991? No. Trying to figure out what 99 no. years See, ago. See, I'm is. telling you. It's like, it's like, it's like the eight. It's like nineteen eighteen or nineteen seventeen or something. Ninety one was the last total solar eclipse in the US. I could have sworn I saw one when I was growing in up in the U.S. <laughs> Apparently so. This Wikipedia page for a list of solar eclipses visible from the United States says so. Nice. What's so special about this one? Is it because it's crossing the entire continental U.S.? Was it mean, total? Yeah, it was. That was, was the last total? total one. There's been a bunch of annular ones. Yeah. In between then. Yeah, there's a lot of partials that everyone's like, ooh, partial eclipse. Uh, yeah, we've definitely yeah, 1991. seen some partial eclipses as children. So, that was the year I was born. So I guess be, this would be the first one I would see. What's such the big deal about this one, then? I don't, I don't get it. We have I don't know. I mean, TVs. For not having an eclipse since 1991, that's still a pretty big deal. You don't think we had media and TVs in 1991? I mean, I do, but I don't think our <laughs> cartoons were telling us, hey, go outside and look at the sun, because mine weren't. Also, kind of was okay, born so in 1991. So this says, just to jump back, this says 
On August 21st, the continental United States will host one of the most spectacular total eclipses, blah, blah, blah. Given there has not been a total solar eclipse in the continental U.S. since 1979, and that was almost entirely unseen due to clouds and rain along its path across the Pacific Northwest. 91 was not in the U.S., Alex. The total path was not in the U.S. It hit Mexico. The total path hit Mexico. It did not hit the U.S. All I'm reading is a list of solar eclipses visible from the United States. Okay. Visible, not not there have been to- not in the path of totality. Okay, in path of totality. That's what matters. There have been 15 total eclipse events to affect at least a portion of the continental U.S. over the past 150 years. Of these, only one traversed the entire country coast to coast in 1918. So it has been 99 years since the last since the one, last one to actually traverse from one coast to the other. Yeah, went sure. from one coast to the other. Okay, there you go. So that's why this one's special. Okay. Anyways, if you get a chance to go see it, go see it. Ending in North Carolina, starting in in uh, Oregon and, and uh, Washington. And then um, so in like seven said, years, speaking- another one happens that goes directly Jimmy across Christmas. the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. One. I like it. Speaking of Washington, Alex and I just got to spend a week out at TI7, Dota 2's The International 7, this last week, which pretty much broke everybody's um, predictions for brackets in terms of who they thought was going to win. Actually, actually, it literally broke everyone's predictions. Except for one. Except for one guy. No, his also got messed up. Like, after. Oh, his got screwed up? Like the All I know is... What, what day was that? Was uh, that, like, Thursday? There was were like a Tuesday few days or left, Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, it was, like, and Wednesday only one or guy Thursday. They in, said one guy that, that filled out the bracket was still correct. <laughs> yeah, and they were gonna fly him to Seattle to watch Ti. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was pretty That's cool, dumb. actually. Yeah, it's they came cool. back and clarified that they were flying him out for Ti eight, and not just like, oh. like, hey, come now, <laughs> no matter what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, That's still cool though. Free ticket to Ti eight, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the event was really cool. Uh, this is um. The second year they've done split tickets, right? Or first this year. Is the first year they did split year tickets. They did split okay. tickets. Yeah, I've been talking to people about this. How much was it actually to go to both parts? Uh, to both together is three hundred dollars. Was it one fifty for each? One fifty no, for finals and one hundred for the first four days, and then uh, two hundred for the finals, Friday and Saturday. Okay, gotcha. Which let's be real clear about this. Um, I think actually the hundred dollars spent on the week was better spent money than the than the finals. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Alex and I were talking. If you would have showed up and you'd have been like a super fanatic fan, like I saw a girl walking around on Saturday who was <laughs> fan of fanatic. They lost her first game and were <laughs> yeah. out. So she wouldn't have got to see them play at all because she just came for finals. Didn't that happen to right? you guys? Eg. I mean, we were well, there the whole time. We were there. Yeah. And we still got to watch teams that we really liked play. So, but I think there was only one Western team in it, and by the time finals was around. So to clarify, I think the finals tickets are amazing and absolutely worth it, but I don't think they're worth it in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like if you were just going to the finals, that'd be kind of bad, I think. Or if you only cared about one specific team. Yeah, I just yeah, feel like you don't get much. the hype and you don't get like the build up of the rest of the week to like. You've been seeing all these teams and how they've been playing and how good these different teams look. And then you go into the finals and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe LFY dropped. Like they were looking so strong, like all that kind of stuff. 
Those, uh, those USA chains for Liquid, though, those were pretty exciting. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this team of, that's like based out of Europe with all European different players and people who are in the stadium like USA, USA. Because <laughs> it's the only non-Chinese team. It's, so it's, it's automatically United States team, you know. We really struggle with geography. We really do. <laughs> it was, um, the, the one thing I'd say about this year is the, the team that won Team Liquid, um, they took the longest route you could possibly take in terms of winning. <laughs> Uh, not by number of games, but by like bracket direction, like how they move through the bracket. They lost first round of upper brackets and then worked their way all the way through the bottom of the lower bracket to go back to the grand finals and win, which that was the first time that had ever happened. Somebody had won from the lower bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that started, is that right? That started, that lost their first round and won all the yeah, way through the lower that's bracket. First that's the first time, time that had. They must have uh, played because, the most games though. Yeah, they, I think they played the most games that you could have. And it was the first time anybody's been 3-0'd in a grand final. It's crazy. And that was probably the most disappointing part about the $200 finals ticket is I mean, it, that I, finals game was that, I mean, it was exciting, but it, it wasn't, we watched EG and it went to a fifth game and it was like freaking insane. I mean, EG was I, still, okay. EG was still uh, 3-1, I think. Or they, sorry. They well, I mean, still game. they didn't go to a fifth game. They went to a fourth game. Like all of There's the internationals some have competition. been uh, four games except for Alliance Navi. Fifth game, yeah. And this is the first time it's been a three zero. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, at least it, was it wasn't Ti four. Ti four was a three one, but um, all those games were like fifteen minutes long. That was like the height of Death Brawl <laughs> Strat, where like one team would get a slight advantage and then they would just push and win. Like, they were super boring games. Like, these were at least entertaining. I mean, the second game, Liquid almost lost and, like, hung on by a fingernail and then came back and beat Newbie. So, at least they were exciting games. So, did Liquid have to beat Newbie twice? Or did they just have to actually beat them once? Uh, they only played just them once. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just once. Which was strange. something Brendan was yeah. talking about. It's really with, weird. Um, it is strange. The way brackets work. What were you saying about traditional brackets? Traditional double elimination brackets, you have to lose twice to lose the tournament. Right. Brits. That's why, you know, the the team that hasn't lost a single game would have an advantage generally in winners or in grand finals, but they do they don't do that at TI. They do have an advantage at TI. Do they? So. What is it? Um yeah, specifically they choose um booth which booth they get they choose how they oh draft like who gets to draft they get first, draft advantage choose... in games one three and five right? i take right. that over getting two chances oh, to play this barely every day. getting an advantage yeah hey they get to pick... it really matters like and you could actually tell in game one three and five they get to pick to... which side of the map they want and do they want first mm-hmm. pick or last pick i mean right yeah but compared to only having to win one set as opposed to the other team having to win two Right. Yeah, I feel like there's well, a pretty the big difference. Well, the other thing is, yeah. Also, as newbie, they only had to win three rounds to get to the grand finals, but Liquid had to win, win like seven, yeah. and they had to play back to back games on the last day. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I it would be kind of weird if they had a grand finals, and then if the grand finals champion was from the lower bracket, they had another grand finals. I mean, that's how they do it in basically yeah. every. Double elimination. Just be, I mean, it wouldn't be like two separate grand finals. It'd be like one yeah, longer just play another set. grand final. Yeah. They wouldn't like kick everyone out of the venue and then let everyone back in. 
Yeah, I think that's probably just why they do the best. It'd be, it'd just, it'd be it'd feel like that's too long best for Dota. of eleven instead of best of five. It would just take. Yeah, it would take 10. so much long longer just because be of the 11, right? nature of the game. It'd be How best long those 10. games take anyway? First to six games is best yeah. of eleven. And why did you say best of five first? Because it's best of five normally. But yeah, instead of best of normal. five, it would be essentially it's best not a of best eleven. Of three, okay. I, like I said, I think that's 20. why they do the best of five is just specifically to offset that. Even though that's not a direct. I mean, Brendan says like in fighting games, they still have larger sets for the grand finals anyway. Like if they're doing best of threes, they'll do best of fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they do two of them. Yep. But Dota takes a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact longer. that a single game takes 40 plus minutes. Yeah. I mean,. I watched a, a, the longest set at the tournament I went to was 40 minutes, and that was painful. <laughs> yeah, this is nothing like yeah. that. I mean, League's had not some... that much shorter than Dota. Slightly, but not much. We had but, some... Yeah. We had, we had some three-series sets that went pretty close to an hour every game, and then they have at least 15 minutes in between each game mm-hmm. where they just have panel conversations. So, I don't know. I, I like the way they do it. I, I do agree there's some weirdness to the fact that they actually didn't lose twice but yeah. they also play less games and they have advantage for being the winner of the winner's bracket so i don't know it'd be cool if six and one and a half dozen the other and that how, that how they say that yes it'd be cool if like thanks owen right newbie got crushed in those three games and then they like give him like a half an hour break and they're like, all right, we're going to reconvene in like half an hour. Newbie goes back and like studies Liquid. It's like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> How do we beat them? I don't them? think that would have happened. <laughs> Comes back they had out. draft advantage in two out of three of those games and still lost spectacularly. Yeah. So, hey, two cool things that did come out of, of uh, Dota 2 while we were there that I thought were really neat. Number one, the 2017-2018 season. They've been, this has already been talked about a little bit, but... Um, there's a lot more hype around it now uh, in that we've just finished TI and we're actually moving into TI 8 season. Um, there are, is it 21? Is that how many majors and minors there are, Alex? So far, which actually I've seen several Twitter posts from people that would know that are saying there's going to be more that are unannounced. Which is a little absurd. There's 11 majors and 11 minors announced so far. A lot of money. Yeah, so miners have to be about three hundred thousand dollar prize pools. Wow! And um, majors are a million. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of money for the whole season. So it's it looks like it's kind of going to work like PI happens, and then there's like a two month gap, and then the season starts up, and basically tournaments are running back to back to back all all through the year at this point, and then. There's about a two-month gap, and then TI-8 happens. So I think they're kind of separating TI-8 enough to make it special. I like that. Get the hype up. Also give people time to prepare secret strats. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're making it, like, Uh, way more officials because, like, throughout the year... The, the teams that want to be invited to TI have to participate in these majors and minors because they're assigned points based on how well they do in them. And then the teams with the highest point values at the end of the season are going to be the invites, the direct invites to TI. They don't have to go through qualifiers. Probably a much smarter way to do it. Like most typical 
uh, qualifying invite tournaments would be. Yeah. The other cool thing that they did while we were there, we were there at TI, which is I feel like every every year they kind of introduce something that's unique, some sort of unique aspect to the tournament. This year, um, one of my favorite things was they had a what they called a special. Um, Special game? What do they call it? A special game? Special? Let's call it like a special match or something. Special match, I guess. Um, and what they did is they had Dindy, one of the most famous Dota players, face off against an open AI or an AI called Open AI. One v one mid played the same hero and had a set of rules to see if they could actually beat him. And this uh, AI that happens to be Elon Musk's billion dollar. AI startup uh, beat every single professional Dota 2 player that faced it. And it was just... It was, it was first to two kills, and every single, every single person lost to it. But I thought it was just kind of cool. It's been learning over... He basically said lifetimes against itself, games against itself, learning how to play Dota, and it's finally gotten to the point where it knows like all of the simple... Or not the simple, all of the intricate portions of how pro players would play in a mid lane, especially a shadow. Except feed. for models, apparently. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think this is yeah, pretty for... cool because it, it's an AI that effectively models a really, really complex system and does it really well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it can be cheesed like people were doing by yeah. doing random things that I hadn't seen before, but. Right. If it's because that doesn't those, make sense, it'll understand those as well. The most interesting part about right. this, I think, is they didn't coach it at all. Like, they just let the bot play against itself for as many times as it took until it figured out how to play by itself. I love like, how the guy was talking about at one point it just stayed in base because it realized yeah. it was dying too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then it realized it was also going to lose doing that, so it decided to leave at some point. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing that just came out today um, OpenAI apparently. Um, gets like a ton of data from uh, Yasp or Open Dota, depending on what you want to call it. And um, they've pulled like 5.8 million uh, game uh, data from the website. So uh, they're using that data to, I think they're trying to use that data to coach the five player stuff that they're talking about for next year. But they went ahead and donated uh, $12,000 to Open Dota, which is essentially. 10 years worth of their monthly funding goal um, because they are using the service so much. So there's like, here you go. <laughs> like, That's actually really cool. Yeah. Even though, I mean, open Dota is completely free and open. That's like the whole point. So they didn't have to do anything, but it's just neat to kind of how Caleb pointed it out. It's like neat to see this because it's such a complicated thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like a, like we talked about, um, we've talked about other AI playing different types of games, and we talked about Go. Um, she said that's AlphaGo. That yeah, AlphaGo is a okay. super computer or whatever or AI that. Which, I mean, that's just. There's also been some one who's played chess several times. Mm -hmm. um, and those are just simple piece movement strategy games. This is a much more complicated system of understanding. Even even simple things like how to outmaneuver your opponent, how to uh, fake auto, like fake attacking them, or fake using a skill, or juke them, or out, you know all kinds of things that you wouldn't necessarily think that an AI would probably be learning just from playing itself. Right. 
And it's also cool. One of the other things recently, uh, DeepMind AI um, has been playing board games for a while. Another AI. They're actually moving it onto StarCraft now to play against professional StarCraft players. Hmm. So, I don't know. It's funny to see Elon Musk who tweets like I feel like every other day about how they need to stop funding AI because it's going to be the end of everything. And yet here he is with his billion dollar AI startup. Uh, how would it focus on? I think that's why he's doing it because he wants to be the one to advance it to a state that it needs to be um, policed essentially. And like mm-hmm. wants to make sure everything is taken care of. He doesn't want somebody else to do it. That's going to run away with it and do something bad. Skynet stuff. I feel like Starcraft two is going to be way easier than getting five AIs to play Dota. Probably. Like I, f- I feel like most of Starcraft two is like pure mechanical skill. I think that's like more super like micro intensive stuff. More of like a gateway to the more thought intensive parts than it is like the main part of it. You know. I feel like generally it's like you have a couple different strategies. You have a build order for those strategies, and that's kind of how it goes. And then like if you see your opponent doing something, you're like, okay, I have to counter that with this other type of unit. That's it. It seems more long-term strategy versus short-term activity, like what they what we saw at OpenAI, you know, in the Dota two game. Because that's just that's micromanagement of one one character based on how you see the other person playing. So I don't much. I, I I kind of agree. It's much more complicated, but still neat to see them kind of moving. AI into playing different professional players at all these different games. Which I feel like inevitably you're going to be able to beat any any human player without, like we mentioned, cheesing it with some sort of weird strategy that doesn't even really make sense long term in the game anyways. Yeah. Um, just as a, while we're on games, we've been talking about all kinds of different games already. Uh, Destiny 2, the beta for the PC is... is it, It's not out yet, is no, it? It's, no, uh, it's happening soon. August 28th? Uh, 28th, August 28th for pre-orders, 29th for everybody else. How long does that last? Till the 31st. Oh. Uh, August? Yep. Yes. Wow, that is uh, quite short, and I will not be here. How sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's short, and it's during the week. So there's that. Um, but and I also it, won't be able to participate. It will be traveling. an open beta. So there's that. The mainly what I wanted to talk about was they put out um, a PC trailer today. Oh, Ooh. that shows the game in 4K at 60 frames a second. Ooh, Ooh. And n- like nobody's seen Destiny at 60 frames a second before, properly. Like unless you went to the preview event and saw it played on a PC in person. So I was just, um, I found it kind of interesting. I was reading through the comments on Reddit and stuff and I expected a lot of like, oh, you can't tell the difference. Like 30 FPS is fine. You know, all you elitist PC people, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Actually, there wasn't, there was hardly any of that. A lot of it was like, I I play on PS4 and I'm actually like so mad because I've never seen anything like this before. Hmm. Or like, man, I envy you PC guys. That looks crazy good. Like, all that kind of stuff. It was like super positive. 
That's really depressing to think about. They're sad about the change between 30 and 60. Yeah. And we're playing well, things at 144 frames well, per second. Well, to be fair, the game is has an unlimited cap. It is not just 60. It's just yeah. the fact that the other consoles are capped at 30. So they're just showing anything better than that. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of people talking are about they... their 144 hertz monitors and how awesome it's going to be. I'm assuming next-gen consoles are not going to be capped in the same way, correct? No, they are. They're capped at 30. They are. St- they're also st- okay. Wow. Yep. Um. And I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't think they've said anything yet. But I'm pretty sure the new Xbox, the Xbox One X, is gonna play at 4K 30. Yeah. Instead of like 1080p 60. And I don't know if they'll let you choose. Maybe they'll let you choose to drop it and put up the frame rate. But I don't know. As far as I've heard, they want all the f- the frame rates locked at 30 on consoles for like competitive reasons mm. okay um they want everybody to be on the same frame rate just because if you'll get an advantage if you can get smoother or whatever also it really is going from 30 to 144 really going to affect you on a tv anyways where you're going to be using a console probably not um but yeah i mean it depends how on many what people TV own up how many people own a um, more than I mean, I guess there are several hundred and twenty hertz I mean, refresh rate TVs, but the, the big thing is the sixty because yeah. TVs do sixty. Yeah, yeah. So thirty to sixty is actually massive. I haven't heard anything about this or really looked it up, but do you know if they're going to have any sort of cross-platform raids or anything like that? That's going to be available. So. I assumed as much, but you can always hope, right? Yeah, I don't think so. You're going to have to play with your people. Blame. In your own space. Play with your people. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to check that out. Um, yeah, I, just most part, it was I was just surprised that there was like a video game community that looked at something that happened on the PC that's like primarily a console community, and they were like weren't crapping all over it. Like never happens. <laughs> so maybe there is kind of maybe the Destiny community is like really mature. Oh, come on. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Uh, speaking of another sort of competitive realm, competitive games, um, Caleb, you've been playing Lawbreakers. I have been playing some Lawbreakers. Does anybody else in here actually own it? Alex I Starks. own it. Okay, but you haven't been playing it. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking to Danny today, and he was talking about how Lawbreakers apparently has an active player count of around 3,000. Which is pretty pitiful. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I don't know. It seems like maybe the game wasn't marketed enough because it's a decent game. I mean, there's nothing that I think would spur it people wasn't off that marketed badly. Enough. Yeah. That thing was marketed so heavily. I felt really? like I saw Lawbreaker stuff everywhere. I know a dude. lot of people that haven't really even don't really know anything about it. That's interesting. I feel like I saw it. Every- I just felt like again. Even though it is different, I felt like it was coming into an already somewhat saturated market. I don't know. So Maybe I a think little bit. Any but. game that is multiplayer only that tries to come into the market and is not like a previously established franchise or from some massive developer that garners some respect or something. I mean, this is from a pretty big developer who there was quite a bit of respect. And they're they're a brand new, new developer. I mean, I guess they're they're not a big it's developer, but the guy Cliffy who B owns it, is Cliff Blazinski, yeah. yeah. 
Which, I mean, I think that's the only reason why people have looked at it so much. Because his name is attached to it. But mm-hmm. 3, It's still like wow. a yeah, it's really small. budget PC. Is it on consoles? I believe so. Okay, PC and consoles. <laughs> it's kind of like a budget multiplayer-only shooter, though, which there are a lot of. So if you're not like Blizzard or like the next Halo or something... Call of Duty. The next Halo. Shh. Don't talk about things. I mean, I think there's other games that have pretty large player bases that hit the same type of stuff. Not that like how big paid is to Paladins play. is pretty decent, right? Free to play. I guess it's free to play. That's Anything free to play is going to have a huge player base. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. That was like anything free to play is going to have a huge player base. Well, I mean, There's a lot of crap play. that's free to play on Steam. I bet all of it has like a fairly active user base. I bet Ricochet doesn't. <laughs> Ricochet, like Valve's really game. old game. Super old game. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I've played more of that than Lawbreakers, so. Uh, did they make any major changes from the last beta to this re- full release yet? You mean the beta that had like two notice? weeks before they released? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. They so added it's pretty a new much... character, I guess. So that's a oh, decent that's change. That's fun. Yeah. Good. Maybe the they'll release characters. Yeah, the Harrier was not in the beta. No. Oh. People are releasing their I mean, characters a bit more often than uh, Dota 2. They added like two characters <laughs> to that last beta that yeah, I hadn't did. played before. Mm-hmm. So that's they like three new characters, what, essentially. Combat Medic, maybe? And are they doing the sort of um, chest yeah. and cosmetics thing yeah. in Library? Okay, Very much so. Okay. I cannot tell you how many footprints I have gotten out of those freaking <laughs> chests. Like, you get so many footprints. Which are used for stuff. when you kick somebody. When you kill them with a kick, it puts the footprint on their screen for a really long time while they respawn. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of obnoxious when you get kicked to death. It and are they like sort of? Um, I guess how to, how to phrase this? Is it more like um, crates like uh, PUBG, where it's just all the same stuff? Or is it more like crates where they're like Overwatch and that there's like Overwatch-y. levels to the stuff you get? Yeah, it's Overwatch type stuff. Okay, so there's like common yeah. yep. all the way up to things that are like legendaries, right. essentially. essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of legendaries, actually, um, oh, yeah. Owen, you mentioned Pokemon Go earlier yes. um, that you were playing in Disney. Uh, also, just kind of legendaries. Talk to the so basically, if you guys haven't already heard, the Pokemon Go has been adding into the legendary birds uh, in the past couple of weeks since Pokemon Go Fest. By the way, I was listening to your podcast about Pokemon Go Fest that you guys did while I was out, and Mm -hmm. you guys did not fact check something correctly. Uh Oh, so I'm gonna (gasps) fix that right Uh, now. Yes, for for the people at home. Um, so. The issue that happened at Pokemon Go Fest, Niantic sent out a press release to all of the different cell phone carriers and told them that they were going to do this thing in Chicago and there's going to be a boatload of fucking people and they should send what are called like portable towers over there to handle the excess amount of people that would be logging into Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. All of them except for Sprint and T-Mobile, said, we don't need to do this. 
Sprint and Sprint is already partnered with Niantic, <laughs> so they sent stuff. And T-Mobile apparently like uses some of their towers or something like that, so they were okay. But Verizon and AT and T, I would safely say the two largest carriers in the United States, were like, "Nah, our systems are the best systems ever. We don't need to do that. We're fine." Even though they had issues when Pokemon Go launched, so. Everyone then showed up in Chicago, tried to log in at the same time. They couldn't do it because they were Verizon carriers or AT&T, and all of their system got backed up, and they were just like, wait, what do you mean our system's not perfect in Chicago? So, mm-hmm. yes, there was issues with it, but Niantic wasn't the ones that broke the game. It, they did everything that they were supposed to do. They warned the, the phone companies and pleaded with them to bring the stuff, and they didn't do it. Now, as a, an example of how Niantic is not neglecting any of this stuff, when they did the Pokemon Stadium thing over in Japan, all of the Japanese carriers sent extra stuff. No problems. So, they were thinking ahead. Yeah. We weren't thinking ahead here. Well, Our ASPs they tried to think slash ahead. Slash data providers are a little too busy yeah. right now. They tried to think ahead, but people were basically just, our stuff is too good. Um, you know, our shit don't stink. And it was like, well, yeah, have fun with that. Anyway, um, because of that, we've met with uh, Lugia was the first week, and then it was Articuno, Moltres, Zapdos was last week for all of the different legendary birds. People were expecting that it would be Ho-Oh this week. However, they flipped the script on us, and now you have a chance to get any four of the legendary birds until the end of the month. So if you don't already have a legendary bird and you want one, Go outside. Try to get it. Um, Ew. You, I'm not going to be getting any legendary birds, Owen. I don't, I don't really can, play well, if you do, Pokemon Go. That is how you do it. <laughs> now, the other thing that was interesting is that at the stadium event over in Japan, uh, they dropped Mewtwo. So Mewtwo now is officially in the game. And the way that the Mewtwo raid is going to work, or so I have read thus far, since it has not happened outside of that one instance in Japan, um, is you will get a message, like when you log into Pokemon Go or something, letting you know that Mewtwo is going to show up at one of your <laughs> at one of your uh, raids that you've previously done. And so, let's say you know I went out to the school that's down the street, and there there's a Pokemon Gym there, and I raided there. So because I raided there, I will get a message that says, hey, in 48 hours, Mewtwo will be exactly here for an hour. Get your stuff together. Get your friends together. Get ready. It's happening. That's actually kind of yeah. cool. So it's, just, it's bringing people back to... Well, it's just another reason to go out and play Pokemon Go. Because you know if you go to the right place and you happen to get that message, then you can come back and potentially get legendary, yeah, I guess. So like, it's giving me an incentive to raid more. Because I just did the four to get the birds. And then I was like, okay, cool. You know, like, what else do I need to raid? But now that that mm-hmm. is a thing, I'm now trying to go to other gyms. And even if it's just something like a Magikarp, I want to raid there. So that way, if the Mewtwo shows up there, I will get that message. And I know, got to go that way in you know, in tomorrow or the next day. So yeah, that's all that's happening over in Pokemon Go. Cool stuff. Try to catch them all. Have fun. On to the next thing. Yeah, I don't know. Encouragement to get back on the phone and go play some more games outside. I don't know. Not my... Hey, you know what, though? Ga- games on phones. Let's talk about games on phones. Yeah, games on phones? 
Caleb, just masterminding recently, uh, happened to find this amazing, amazing little player on the Android that allows you to play old games. It's called the Android Matsu Player. Yeah, it's not that great. Or the Matsu Player. It might even not. What what did you say? I don't even use Matsu. (gasps) Well, you use something else now. That's all that matters. Okay. Well, you need to send it to me. Regardless, (laughs) the point is, uh, for the longest time, I have not played some of the games that I grew up playing because... I don't really, I don't, I really, I really didn't feel like I had a great way to do it. I mean, I've tried to play some um, games on what are the, what's that called? What are those things called? Emulator. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thanks everybody. You're Appreciate it. Yeah. Woo. Um, I tried to play emulators on my PC. They just, I don't know. They don't. It doesn't feel the same. So on my phone, it just, I don't know. It felt a lot more natural. I have been playing a lot of Tomba Two. Oh yeah, me too, man. Um, so much. In fact, I've played about four and a half hours of Tomba Two already. <laughs> I've also downloaded and played um, Shinobi from Sega Master oh, yeah, System. I got that one too. And, ah, I knew yeah. and I also got uh, Cyborg. What's that one Cyborg called? Ninja? Um, Cyborg no. Ninja? Cyborg Hunter? Cyborg Hunter. Sega Master game. System. Did you get Altered Beast? Uh, oh, that's the real question. I did not what get are you Altered doing? Beast. That'll be the, that's going to be the next also, game, Also, don't you man. need a second controller to play Cyborg Ninja? I mean, Cyborg Hunter? Uh Yes, you do. I didn't realize that until I started playing. I'm like, I yeah, can't use the life. elevator. <laughs> yeah, it was a real yeah. rough life. That's a so, weird freaking um, game. You yeah, need a but it's so good. And it's so freaking hard. Yeah, it is difficult. Like old games were hard, but Cyborg... Okay, for those of you who are listening, if you play old games, go play Cyborg Hunter. I'm telling you right now, is it, you think you're good at old games? It's so Is it as hard, hard as Altered Beast, though? Altered Beast is so Dude, hard. Dude, it's harder too. than Altered Beast. I died on the second enemy. Well, that's in rough. Cyborg that's just because you suck, though. That's different. No, it's not because <laughs> I suck. It's because that game is so stinking hard. He's also playing on a touchscreen. Yeah, well, that's touchscreen controls. I'm, I'm working on getting a controller that'll work. You should get this one I got. It's, it's pretty just, good. I don't like the ones where it mounts above the controller. I want one that's a telescope. Oh, I just want to try it out, just so I can be a little different. Just get a switch. We'll see, it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, Whoa. Owen! Whoa. I mean, it is. Whoa. That's what you're getting. <laughs> you're turning Easy, your phone basically. into a switch. Easy. Basically. I don't know. Either way, it's really cool. I didn't actually know. I, honestly, I didn't even think about the fact that you could do emulating entire systems on your Android yeah, phone. It's pretty or on your insane phone. that you can easily emulate a PS1 system on your phone. Also, the game size for a lot of these games I'm playing, so like you know, getting Shinobi, it's like 87 <laughs> yeah. kilobytes the entire it's game. It's outrageous. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. When I was doing I the emulation know. stuff for Castlevania, I was just amazed mm-hmm. at how small those games were. Yeah. I thought it was going to take forever to download, and then I was like, wait, these things are like smaller than MP3 files that I listen to. Hey, you know, Owen, speaking of Castlevania, I actually watched the Netflix series. Yeah? Um, after you suggested it. It's so well done. Yeah, those fight scenes are so good. They're so good. Yeah. They're so, it is also way more gory than what I yeah. expected. Something like that. And that is why I liked Holy it. Holy crap. I was like, I was not expecting what I got. And then when I was there, I was like, this is great. Although, my, the main upsetting thing to me, and it's the same as you, is why are there only four episodes? Yeah, no, I'm so upset. Yeah, I, I think That's they were so just dumb. trying to like test it out and just be like, hey, I wonder if this is actually worth us like putting a crap ton of money into and trying out. 
And That's also, they always uh, yeah, do it anime is. with like 13 episodes. Yeah, but I also think the other thing that was against it is the fact that it was based off of a video game, and nothing adapted from a video game has worked well until this, yeah. because they were just like, hey, there's a storyline, we're just gonna like, draw it, and we're done. And so far, that's working pretty damn well. The storyline's great. The animation is fantastic. The colors that they use in the actual show, I think that might be the best thing about it. It's just... So you know the fact that the colors that they're using for each character are the same colors of their sprites and everything from the game. Really? That's cool. They wanted to keep the color patterns of all of the different characters... Uh, and some of the different like levels so that way it's the same color palette so like those that have played the game will see this and even though it does look different you do kind of get a hint of just like oh wait i've seen this before the animation style actually bothers me a little bit because when the camera pans it's like a nice smooth pan but when it when the characters move they move in like a really staccato fashion they pop from point to point, and it, bother- it mm-hmm. kind of bothers me a little bit because there's like a weird disconnect between the background and the characters themselves. But the fight but scenes heard. I look really it, good but... that way. I think I that's yeah. The fight scenes are fantastic. They are very good. I think that maybe it's like one makeup for. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. The the panning is like really well mm-hmm. done on the backgrounds, and it does seem very much. Staccato is a good way to describe it. It's just like very st- static. It's like the image is not really sliding. It's more like just. It's like you're watching disappearing and reappearing, like frame to frame characters. to frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a little weird and off-putting a little bit. This just tells me Aaron should probably watch some anime. Yeah. <laughs> some like actually really good ones. Yeah. If you like Steins Gate so that we've been telling him to watch for like ever. I know. I know. I know. I know. Hey, listen. Here's the point. If you haven't watched Castlevania, it's really good. Um. I think we're all just off put by the same thing. In fact, there's only four episodes. We'll we'll see if they decide to speed it up a little bit. We're getting change the pace later. Of, of of releasing things. Okay, good. Oh, so good. it's gonna be like okay. a full one season of anime. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not even. Not 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 speed quite. It up it's like two thirds of a season of anime. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. A lot of them are like thirteen episodes. That's we're less than two thirds. Then bit. that's okay. At least <laughs> at least it's not four episodes and then another four episodes and then another four episodes. Forever season. I, would, I was upsetting. talking together, Alex, between the first and second season. Being hey, speaking season. of episodes, and uh, yes. let's let's <laughs> talk about some Game of Thrones, guys. <laughs> yes, freaking Game of Thrones. Exactly. Episodes. Also, the pace, just the speed of this season. Is everybody caught up, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, what? Game of Thrones. Are you caught up on Game of Thrones? Yeah. Let's not spoil anything though, for anyone who this listens. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to. I don't want to spoil been caught up. the amazing shit that's going to happen this Sunday that I'm super excited about. Don't you dare! But <laughs> I would like to point out that yeah, so a lot of people have me- uh, mentioned the fact that in previous seasons it's taken spoilers. By the way, in, in previous seasons it's taken I don't know like the entire season to go from one end of Westeros to the next, and in this season. Literally in the blink of an eye, in like the next scene, oh, we're back to the other side of Westeros. Like it no longer takes the same amount of time to get from point A to point B. See, but the problem was they weren't going in boats that were manufactured in the Iron Islands. <laughs> now they are. Um, that is, oh, that's a theory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I I heard about it that um, 
I, I at least what I kind of have picked up and I thought was a really good way that they've done this is the fact that in the beginning of Game of Thrones, you know nothing about the world of Westeros. So they are taking you on the paths of all of the different characters to explain what the world around Westeros is like. This is the same thing that they did in Avatar, The Last Airbender. Is, you know, you follow Aang through each and every little village, every little town that they get through as he's slowly going around uh, the nations. However, as you progress through things, you need less world building because you already know what the world is like. And because of that, you don't have to show what going on horseback in a carriage is going to be like for, you know, from town to town to town, because you've already seen that three seasons ago. Now, you know, oh, hey, Jon Snow needs to get to this end of Westeros, and you can just place him there, because we, as an audience, already understand how he got there. While I do agree that that makes sense, the drastic difference between season six and season seven in terms of pace oh yeah no is still it's so like... much faster you can tell that they're trying to just like get through this stuff and they're like all right enough with the filler bs we're just cutting straight to the meat we're giving you exactly what you want here we're going straight for all of the good juicy bits of plot and what will be relevant also i feel like we are starting to see the wrap-up of storylines yes which makes me a little sad, but at the same time is, like, so satisfying. Yeah. To finally just be like, okay, all right, I was justified in my thought process about that character. You know, Jon Snow and sort of just his transition where he was going. Also, um, uh, what's-his-face who was affected by the skin condition? What's his name? Sir Joran. Sir Jorah, yeah. I... So many things about all of those are just so satisfying to see, like, where they're headed now. I don't know. Uh, it, the episodes have been really good so Do far. the Starks meet up again? Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> been a while. Good stuff. I, I just gotta say, seeing, seeing Lil Arya, Lil Arya, ever since she's in, just, ugh! <laughs> she's no longer Lil she's Arya, good. man. Dude, Lil Arya just, like, leveled up a lot. Yeah. Have you guys when she fought when she fought what's her face? It was yeah. so good. And, Have you guys seen like, the brain like, reacts videos? What? Where it shows like <laughs> really dramatic episodes of like just scenes from movies and stuff, and then it shows just Bran's face sitting there in the chair. Like I, completely I, flat. I can't I can't have it like, it's on the three eyed raven. The three eyed Is raven. it like the complete opposite of um uh, interstellar guy. Um, what's his name? Gosh, I, I can't name. wear any deodorant because I like my own scent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey, like the opposite of him reacting to the screen in interstellar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just like sits there and occasionally he'll say, "Not really," when like the character says something from a show, like, "Are you not entertained?" That sounds so and great. He just stands there and he says, "Not really." You not entertain? I just really, I really like the ones that were um, of Matthew McConaughey where he's watching. And it's just the scene for him for Interstellar. Yeah. He just starts bawling. <laughs> Those are good. Oh, great. I movie. like how hey. characters can be like, all right, I'm going to travel back and forth across this entire continent several times in a row. 
And then it just like flips back to the White Walkers for a second. And it's like, oh, yeah, they've moved. They're taking forever. They moved like five feet, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You're no not worry, guys. About that. We'll stand right here until you get <laughs> all your plot lines tied up. <laughs> okay. They mentioned in an episode that Bran had been in the north for like years. How long was he actually up there? Because I feel like it was like four episodes, maybe. Yeah, no, it's it, mm, it, years. Do say, it doesn't feel like that at all. In the north, I, I think they're not talking no, about. They were talking just about past the wall. The wall. Yeah, they explicitly talked about beyond the wall for years. Oh, yeah, they did. Okay, because yeah, I think that they say something along the lines of like, "How could a cripple live for years on the other side of the yeah. wall?" And wasn't it was just he like, like oh, not right. even in an entire season because he just like, yes, was off beyond the wall or something. Yep. I guess it just never felt like it was years for him. Well, I think probably because the transition from the character he was until the character he is now was so drastic, because that was really like yeah. four episodes. When he met the Three-Eyed Raven and then became Three-Eyed Raven and then Hodor and all that fun stuff. That that really was pretty quick. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think there was a whole season, at least, that he was just not in He just like the wasn't series, in the because he was just right? on the wall. Yeah. Because I remember I was sitting there and I kept waiting for him to show the fuck back up. Because I was like, he's going to show up and like throw fireballs because he's like chilling with the three-eyed raven and he's going to have like wizard powers. And now he's just lame as fuck. I really uh, how, liked how I really Ellen liked him. Making a pun like that. I really liked him and now he's just lame and I'm just like, I don't... Oh, you did it again, you jerk. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> just calling the poor guy lame? <laughs> wow he's super boring all he does is sit there and go I'm the three eyed raven I have no emotions three eyed raven three eyed raven like he could solve he more referencing the fact that he cannot walk yeah. so he's so he's lame lame mm. that, that, that went over my head <laughs> that's okay <laughs> you know Hey, uh, let's uh, let's wrap up like our, our film section. Let's talk about a couple movies that uh, recently have come out that I think some of us have seen. Um, number one being uh, Dunkirk. I think I assume Alex and I are actually the only two here. Who no, I've that. seen it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So there's multiple of us. Um, let's just start with this. The number of lines actually in the movie Dunkirk is so limited. I mean, so limited. It actually feels like, and I think Alex, you mentioned this. It feels yeah. like more of like a biopic, um, just like we left somebody the took movie a piece out of history. And I was like, it wasn't even really like a movie. <laughs> like it didn't have. I don't think it had like a plot line. It didn't have like character arcs. It was just like here's a thing that happened in war, I guess. Yeah. But it was still so well done. Yeah. That's what I think was so mind-boggling about it. It's exactly that. There was like no setup anything you didn't really get to understand the characters feel the characters you never really understood what was actually going on but it still felt like a very satisfying hour and, and it was actually pretty short too i think it was like an hour and 40 minutes which is really short actually for his movies i don't know it was really good um if you haven't seen it go watch it or wait on it to come out uh it has been sort of touted as being incredibly accurate. They've had some people who were actually there and they were like, yeah, this is exactly what happened. To a T. Yeah, I think that it seems so, like the, think, what they're talking about, the goal of the movie essentially was to make the watcher feel like they were in a war. Mm-hmm. 
But I felt like that. Sounds Between... so good. Yeah, that's what I was... <laughs> Between the music and what was actually happening, the way the sound was happening in the, in the, in the movie, because there was such a lack of just communication. There was almost no dialogue the entire movie. It was very limited. I was actually trying to find a like a word count. But I couldn't find anything. I'd be interested to see how many words it has in comparison to like a standard you know, blockbuster movie. Something that comes over the summer. Uh, Brendan, you also went and watched a movie, did you? I Dark Tower? Did not. I deliberately didn't did not watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Why? It's got such good uh, ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I can tolerate this, even if it is sarcastic. But it's Idris Elba. Oh, they they butchered it so badly. They just took the characters and they just changed them completely. The main character is supposed to be like this dark, gritty cowboy guy who like doesn't care about anybody else. And like the first scene they show in the trailer is him teaching a kid how to shoot his gun. And it's just they just butchered it. I'm really upset. <laughs> was the book actually phenomenal? Yeah, it was really good. It was like it's not really like the rest of the series because the rest of the series is this weird parallel universe thing that I don't understand. But the <laughs> first one was like a just like a dark western, and I loved it. Hmm, dark western. Yeah, and they just were like, "Here, let's just take the guy that shoots guns and put him in a movie, and call it the same thing." That's sad. You made me think of this with Dark Western. Have you watched, or have you read the Mistborn trilogy? The second <laughs> trilogy, specifically? I, you've brought this up so many times. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> you should. Uh, yeah. yeah, I saw people uh, comparing it to Aragon in the comments on Reddit thread for it, so Mistborn? that's pretty bad. In regards to like how terrible how, the adaptation yeah, just how was? bad of an adaptation Uh-oh. it was. Yeah. yeah. Did they compare it to how bad the I- books are? The books Dude, not for Aragon Aragon were fan. also bad, but yeah. Aragon's great. I'm, I think they're pretty bad. <laughs> Aragon's great. Aren't aren't the Aragon books? Aren't they like eighth grade reading level? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They're just really long. Okay. I mean, the first one was written when the dude was like what fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Yeah, it really feels like it was written by like a young child who wanted to use really big words that he wasn't <laughs> quite sure how to use. <laughs> I mean, the entire uh, that's, the, that's what it feels. The like. story like almost exactly lines up with Star Wars. <laughs> if you start oh examining God. all the characters, <laughs> like they have exact parallels to Star Wars wow. characters, like crazy. I mean, I'd, Empire did nothing wrong. The the guy watched Star Wars and then he wanted to Rebel write a fantasy propaganda. novel. <laughs> but I love it; it's great. <laughs> Gosh. Um, that movie. So I though, guess what holy you're saying crap, is, Brendan, don't don't watch it. Don't, don't go watch. Don't Dark give Tower. them your money, please. <laughs> Can't support this mm. nonsense. Okay. Right, Speaking of uh, Idris, though, did you did you guys see that uh, Daniel Craig has signed on for one more yes. James Bond? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one thing they're talking about specifically is the fact that everybody's last James Bond movie, when they're a James Bond actor, is always their worst. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know. So, Quantum yeah. Solace, right? No, 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 no. You clearly haven't seen Spectre. If you think that's his worst. I don't know. <laughs> there were so many good things about Spectre. They had it set up so well, and then it just didn't deliver. I don't know. I don't think it's nearly as bad as Quantum of Solace. I think it was, movie was yeah, so yeah. bad. Quantum of Solace Quantum was, of Solace really was really just awful. terrible. It was just bad all around. 
I was more disappointed with Spectre than I was with Quantum of Solace. I think that's the main difference. Mm, okay, that's fair. I really like Christoph Waltz. Yeah, they Me underused too. him so much. They, they really did. Yep. He could have carried that whole film. Yeah, or Daniel Craig. He pretty much does carry every film he's in. Yeah. Django. Django's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, it, the one thing they are talking about is we'll see if they actually... Um, what they talk about is that the, every, everybody who plays James Bond, the last movie they're in, turns out to be the worst James Bond movie that they <laughs> acted in for their career. Gosh. So maybe it will beat Quantum of Solace, Caleb. Break the curse. We will see. Maybe. We will see. Maybe we'll break the curse. Uh, um, hey, just talking about movies real quick. I'm sure we've mentioned this several times, but we have done a fantasy movie league on and off for the past nine, ten weeks, somewhere uh, in there. 11, 12, something like that? Oh. Yeah. Okay, sure. 11, 12. Um, it has gone well for some people. <laughs> some people have tried the strategy of not putting in any movies. Didn't work out. Some people have tried the strategy of putting Cars <laughs> 3 in every slot. Uh, for three weeks straight, didn't work out. So, you know, all kinds of strategies coming out. But a new season's coming out? Yeah, we've got... Uh, so this is uh, this current week is week 12. Next week is week 13. And then after that, we're good. So our next podcast should be the beginning of the fall movie season, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that will be a thing. And we would love for you guys to join us. Uh, you can find us in the doobly-doo, the thing that we will link over in the uh, over in the notes. So that way you can join us forecast in notes. the forecast notes. So that way you can join us and join our league, because we would love to be able to play with a couple more people other than just the people that you hear. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it's... it's uh, have you guys been enjoying it? Have you guys been liking it, you know, so far? Like, yes and no. But <laughs> I don't feel like there's enough on the line. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Do you, you gonna put some money down on stakes? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think it needs to be money, but maybe something that's like, you know, I know some people do like trophies. I don't want to do a trophy. <laughs> but maybe if there's like something that is like, it's like, I don't know. Winner gets a free Steam game mm. paid for by everyone else. Fine. Okay. I don't know. That's still money in essence, but. It's a, a very small amount, though. It's not yeah, I, direct money. Presumably, yeah, yeah. unless you're talking like I don't know, a collector's we, edition of a specific game money or something. Through Steam. Yeah. yeah I, I, All I know is it, <laughs> it needs to be money. something. Uh, anytime you do something competitive and there's just no reason to be competitive with it, because, I mean, sure, bragging rights, but ooh, I got bragging rights. I won the Fantasy Movie League, suckers. That doesn't really seem like something somebody's going to I care about petty things like that. If I, if okay, I won, Brandon. I would brag about it. Oh, you know I'm going to brag about it. That's just your way, Alex. So just anything you're, anything you're right about. Winning about. Winning on. Winning with? Winning on. Something. I don't know. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Um, hey, Alex, one thing you had noted in here was, uh, since we're still talking about movies a little bit, was the movie pass. Oh, right. Um, um Kind of Maybe you can Reddit. highlight this a little bit for us. <laughs> I, I honestly, I've seen it. Like, I've seen what's been going on on Reddit, people blowing up about it, but I literally have not spent the time to actually look into yeah, what it is. I mean, it's a service that you pay monthly, 
and it basically lets you go see unlimited movies at the theater for paying their fee. So in in the past, like years and years ago, it was like 30 bucks a month. And everybody was like, this mm-hmm. is such a great value. I can go see as many movies as I want for a month for $30. You go see three movies, you're set. And everybody loved it. And then they increased it to 50 and it's been 50 for a couple of years. And people were like, no longer worth. Kind of sucks. <laughs> All of a sudden, the other day, they were just like, you know what? $10 a month. So, Whoa! <laughs> so yeah. you paid $10 a month and you can go see as many movies as you want, one per day. And I got, I'm not going to lie. I'm a thousand percent in on ten dollars a month because that's the ticket of that's the yeah. of one ticket here in dc right so mm-hmm. brendan that, I mean, we're that paying, for the entire month heck yeah we're paying like 12 13 dollars already for one movie yeah so if you go to one movie oh, and this that's it this seems completely backwards though owen from what i typically hear you say because like we talk about spotify and you like you pay for a subscription to go listen to people's music and i know you don't like that because you prefer you know for people to have their music purchased yeah doesn't this feel like the same thing, but in movie realm to you? No, because I don't own those movies yet. I like what my my thing about being against Spotify is the fact that I like owning my music that I can put it on any device. I can listen to it anywhere. Like I don't have to be connected to the internet to just listen to it. Like it is mm. my music. I own it now. At, you also don't have to be connected to the internet to listen to things on Spotify or I mean, pay for it. Yeah. So he had also said like (laughs) like I remember one of his arguments was Spotify doesn't pay their artists very much, which I've heard that be a huge criticism of Spotify. They pay you like this artist like pennies for the amount of plays that they get. Um this movie pass thing though is I mean essentially they send you a debit card and then in the app you say, I'm gonna go see this movie, and then they unlock the debit card for like a certain amount of money and for a certain time period that you're gonna go watch the movie. And you go pay with that card. So weird. So that's a weird way still, to do that. Yeah, so you're like still paying this like they're still getting the same amount of money. Like the theater and the movie creators are all getting the same amount of money. The people that are taking the hit are the movie pass people, essentially. And it's because they're gambling that you're not going to see something that month. Yeah, they're gambling that, and they're also going to probably profit a little bit off of your data, like what movies people go see and stuff like that. Like that data is kind of important. Well, I, I would also okay. assume that um, this would be linked to specific theaters of some sort, like AMC or Fandango's Movie Pass or <laughs> whatever. And those guys have to be profiting out of buttload because every time you go to the movies, you know, you get a thing of popcorn and a drink or yeah. something like that. So there's like $10, $15 right there, yeah. just the excess. And now I'm going into the theaters more, like, often. more often. So they've got another $10, $15 right off of me now. They do say they cover like 90 something percent of theaters. So yeah, like double check to make sure the theater that you're going to go to works. But yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to look into this now. Yeah. Although I go watch movies here in Kansas City, and it costs me like four dollars matinee. Uh, yeah. So maybe but... not worth, depending on how many you're going to. Yeah. For us, for like our area, super worth. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Yeah, I one will movie. buy that a thousand percent. Hmm. Yeah. Seems interesting. Um, we are running long, but I wanted to touch base on a couple things in board game realm because we, we still had a couple things we wanted to talk about this cast. Um, primarily the fact that 
Um, I'm sure you've heard us talk about this before, but we are taking a group of people to PAX Unplugged yeah, this are. year, which is very, very exciting. It's PAX's first foray into board game only conventions. Mm. Um, obviously, you have Gen Con and other conventions around the world that specifically focus on board games, but PAX has always been a mixture of video games and board games, even though board games actually tend to dominate on um, attendance. Um, they, there's a lot of people there and they're always busy, uh, even in the free play where you go, rent, uh, basically, um, almost library rent out a book. In this case, it's running on a game, go play a game. Um, this is their first foray into just specifically board games and they haven't really put out a schedule of anything like panels or, um, stuff like that. But what they have released is the people who are actually going to show up there, which is really exciting. Um, there are some people on the list or, or not on the list that we had kind of <laughs> hoped were going to be on the list. <laughs> um, that's, okay. that's okay. This is their first try, so we'll see how it turns out. I don't think we're going to cover much more than that on PAX Unplugged um, because we're going to have a pre-pub. Yeah, we will do a podcast. pre-pub. And like not are... pre-pub podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, pre-pub. pre-pub. Sorry, that's what, the, what is that called? A recursive acronym? Is no. that correct? Yeah. No. no. Uh, What's that called? I don't know. Mm. There's a different word for it. It's a it's a syndrome, I think. Oh yeah, it's something syndrome syndrome. That's right. Uh, and I know like one of the people that will be at the convention is going to be like Wizard of the Coasts, which I'm excited about because they're dropping a commander set in a week and some change here. Um, what do you even talk about even artifact? Mean? Yeah, so basically that means... Holy <laughs> crap! Oh, sorry, go, go ahead on. Uh, basically what that means is that... Um, so Commander is a style of playing Magic where you can pretty much play most cards that have ever been made in the game. Uh, it's a very popular way of playing it because you don't have to like stay current with what cards are being released every couple of weeks or whatever it is that they have over there. You know, you can make a Commander deck... And as long as none of the cards get banned in, like, five months, you can come back five months later and play the same deck, and it's still, like, legal to play against other people that are making similar style of decks. So this basically means you don't... Like, you can be a new player and still feel confident in playing. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't have to have a built deck over a period of yeah, time. Yeah, well, I mean, you build the deck over a period of time, and you don't have to worry about... Uh, like, people say that standard is one of the more expensive ways of playing Magic because every couple of months, what is in standard and what is legal rotates around. And then, because, mm. you know, they have new sets. So, because standard is to play the new stuff. So if you're not constantly buying the newer cards and you no longer have a standard deck, so you always have to put money into it. Commander, you know, I can make a commander deck for $100, and that commander deck will stay a commander deck. The, like, the cards do not rotate. They only occasionally, they'll just be like, hey, this combo is super overpowered and we have to ban this one card. But that is a rarity. And but standard's not based on, I always, I always thought it would be like balance, right? Like, what do you mean balance? Just like banning stuff that's too strong. Standard. It's more like buy the new stuff. Yeah, standard is pretty much just buy the new stuff because you have to be the, the I think current standard rules are you uh the last 3 blocks. Uh so like I can play anything from 
20 like midway 2016 and onward but i've been playing magic for a while so all of those other cards that i have i can't use um whereas commander you can use those and so what commander decks are is every once in a while they build these decks and they sell them and they basically rip reprint a bunch of old cards and put it into these decks and then say hey this is all standard or you know this is all good you can play all of these cards. They're all a bunch of old cards that we're bringing back. Uh, so that way, you can have them in your deck. Um, I kind of like it. I think it's a good idea. They're, the like theme this year is tribal. So basically, everybody has a specific... Uh, all the, the different decks have a specific um, theme to them. Like, everyone's a vampire. Or everyone's a wizard. Uh, so that way, it's... That is what is called tribal in Magic. Um, so yeah, that I like tribal, and I there are two tribal decks. One's a cat deck, and one's a vampire deck, which are two of my favorite tribes. So I'm super excited about this. This should actually be a fun release for me. The real question is: Is Kevin excited? <laughs> Kevin, who knows? No one yeah. knows what's happening in Kevin's <laughs> I, life. I've tried to ask Kevin about this multiple times, and I'm just like, you know, what do you think? Do you think this stuff is going to be good? Um, Kevin is all about the value of magic cards. So, mm, um, like collecting. Yeah, and <clears throat> the other thing about tribal is that a lot of the cards they stick in there are very expensive cards. Um, but there, it's a cheap deck. So, you know, I can buy a $35 deck at Target, but the cards inside of that deck are valued at over 50 or 60 bucks. Um, so that is kind of the other thing about Commander that people really like, is the fact that, like, sometimes the cards that they're bringing back are, like, really valuable, and you can sell it for a lot of money. Uh, Kevin has, on multiple occasions, done exactly that. If he's gone to Target... And bought commander decks for $35 and then just sold the commander out of the deck for a hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> he likes stuff like that. I think that there seems to be some of that there that he's going to like. There seems to be a couple of the decks that uh, people are already saying that they're going to sell for $50. Like they don't even have the decks yet. They just like, I'm going to buy the deck and I will sell it to somebody else that wants it for 50 bucks if you can't find it. Um, because that's how valuable the cards inside of some of these decks already are. So he's going to be a happy camper, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we know that um, Wizards of the Coast obviously going to be at uh, PAX Unplugged. Two people that we know that are not going to be there, though, that we're kind of upset about, is Fantasy Flight not Games. Not true. They're going to so, be there. Yeah. So Wait, I'm a little confused. Yeah. Because on the list, they're not listed. But in, like, the big announcement they're listed as like one of the five that they mention explicitly before mentioning that there's a, a big list of other exhibitors as going interesting yeah however the other people who are That's... listed in that list of like five or so names are also on the exhibitor list <laughs> just not fantasy flight so, somebody was having a really small aneurysm so really this list together. <laughs> yeah i really hope they're gonna be yeah. there i'm so, assuming they will um is plaid hat gonna be here no. then Okay, because they're not listed in. No, I didn't. I didn't look at the like 
formally announced. I haven't front, seen that so. Plat Hat's going to be there. Yeah, it's basically, okay. yeah, like like Caleb said, it, it's basically like the top thing that's just like, hey, come to PAX Unplugged. We'll have Fantasy Flight and Wizard <laughs> of the Coast and all these other people. Look below. Here's the entire list. And just Fantasy Flight's uh, not on it. So people are like really confused. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, so are they going to be there? Because everyone else is listed. I assume yeah. they'll be there. Yeah, the, the assumption is that they will be there because they were one of the big names. They just like got missed yeah. in the list somewhere right. whereas like wizards of the coast did not right well in the realm of fantasy flight um one of our favorite games is betrayal at house on the hill um and caleb I, i'll just kind of let you take this over but they are merging be betrayal and another realm of board games yeah so i think this comes out in sometime in october but there's going to be a new uh, betrayal game, which is going to have the same mechanics as Betrayal. It's called Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, where instead of happening in the Betrayal universe, it happens in the D&D &D universe. Uh, the universe surrounding specifically Baldur's Gate. Did any, which is going to be super interesting and cool, I'm sure. Did, did any of you I guys this was gonna play be... Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance? Yeah, yeah man. man. Dark Alliance, such a good game. Oh my god. The second I saw this in our notes, I just got super <laughs> excited because I was like, let this be another Dark Alliance game. Holy shit, I'm gonna I be wish. So Those games were awesome. Oh. So this is a uh, Dungeons and Dragons Baldur's Gate betrayal type of game. This is a, a betrayal betrayal in, in the D&D &D world. Okay. okay, I like yeah. that. But is this being produced by... Same people. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast? Yep. Oh, no, oh, no, no. no. Okay. By Fantasy Flight. Yep. By Fantasy yeah. Flight. Also, Interesting. the lead designers behind Flight. Betrayal. Fantasy Press Flight Press. also, if I'm not mistaken, has said that they're coming out with a Fallout board game. Uh, and I will, I'll let Alex take this away, because I think he was the one that wrote this down. Did I? No. Oh, <laughs> no. Nope, okay. No. Cool. <laughs> nope. That was me. We were actually talking with this, uh, or talking with Abe about this this morning. Um, they are making a Fallout game. I don't know if it's Fantasy Flight that's it, actually coming out. I thought out it was it. Fantasy Flight, yeah. It is. I'm looking is at it. Is it Fantasy Flight? Yep. Um, and apparently the like goal is to like to survive in the Pocopolis world. That was I butchered that, I'm sorry. Good enough. Um Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, but the goal is to survive like you would in any Fallout. And apparently there's like different like paths that you can choose. Like you can be a wanderer or a merchant. Or Brotherhood of Steel, or something like that. Or there's ghoul, like different, it looks like yeah. So there's like different ways I, to play it. It looks interesting. I want Fantasy Flight to be at Unplugged, so we all can test this. It, it this will be interesting to me because one of the things we talk about a lot is how video games don't make good movies. Um, that comes up on I feel like every other podcast mm. uh, because it just doesn't transition well um I, I feel like the same is probably the case from video games to board games um because i don't i can't think of a lot of video games that became board games that are like phenomenal oh my gosh this is the best board game i ever. mean i feel However, like usually they just take over another board game's mechanics and give it a new theme yeah uh, maybe but i was going to mention that a lot of people are saying that the dark souls board game is actually phenomenal mm -hmm. I don't know the mechanics of the Dark Souls board game, but I'd be interested to see if that's what they did, if they just took over the mechanics of another board game and used the universe of Dark Souls, or if they actually created a new board game. Pretty sure that's that would be really cool. original. I think it is original. Is it original? Yeah. Also, it's super expensive. Well, that would be a good example of yeah. the sort of foray from video games to board games to see how well that transition works in comparison to how 
poorly it has gone with uh, video games to movies. Did we talk about the Game of Thrones minis board game last week? Yeah, okay. we did briefly. Yeah, very very I guess briefly. I don't, shouldn't say minis board game. I should just say minis game. Different, but tabletop mini, tabletop. I don't know whatever you call just it. Miniatures game. Yeah, we talked. We talked about it. Okay. Uh, the other thing we were going to mention too, um, in in Plaid Hat is stuffed fables. Yep. Um, Caleb, you play a lot of Mice and Mystics. Uh, played have you played all it all, Mice actually? <laughs> okay, you played it all. I have not played Tail Feathers, which is their X-Wing version of Mice and Mystics. But I have played all of Mice and Mystics. And it's like man, a, what a good game. Hmm? The game. It's a game that's like cutesy, but it plays like an X-Wing? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it plays exactly like X-Wing, or at least very, very similarly, but it uses the characters from Mice and Mystics and they're writing sort of birds and whatnot. Wow, Abe, so, Abe would probably really like yeah. that. He loves X-Wing. Hmm. i have to tell him about that. That's cool. They're making a new game, though. Uh, the Mike and Mice and Mystics people in conjunction with Plaid Hat. Um, did, you get, did you read up on it? A Caleb? little bit, not too much. I did read... Stuffed Fables? One of the really interesting things is that the rule book, which is also the storybook, is also the board for the game, which I find very mm. intriguing. So the, the art that's in the storybook is actually like the board that you play on with your characters. But it seems like that's it's going to have unique. some very similar mechanics to Mice and Mystics. That's what it looks like. I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. Maybe... Uh, they weren't on the list for Pax Unplugged, but maybe uh, like other people who have been left <laughs> off the list but are hopefully going to be there, that they will also be <laughs> that there. That would be cool. Maybe this will be I know they're part of it. showing off stuffed neat. fables at Gen Con this week. I read that much. The one group of people that I know definitely will not be at Pax Unplugged is Geek Chic. <laughs> Since they are now out of business. <laughs> we're so pleased. Oh, not like super pleased, but a little bit. Very bit satisfied. Primarily because it didn't hire Smug, me. mostly, I would say. I'm not as smug as you. Oh, that syndrome we were talking about earlier? It's RAS syndrome, yeah. which stands yeah, for RAS. Redundant Acronym Syndrome Syndrome. Or the better one, <laughs> PNS Syndrome, which stands for Pin Number Syndrome Syndrome, which stands for Personal Identification Number Number Syndrome Syndrome. Please stop. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Well, uh, anything? Anybody got anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, I just wanted to give Chad a nice shout out for sending me this uh, boom from a mic, so I sound less shitty for all the people at home. Wait. Did you give me a personal <laughs> shout out on the podcast about your monitor? And your microphone. Uh, hey, I want to just <laughs> give a shout you, out to Aaron screw you. for giving me this really nice that monitor that I'm currently using and the microphone that I put onto the boom that Chad sent me. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Is Owen, like, homeless and we just, like, donate stuff to him? <laughs> I'm not Help homeless, but I do enjoy the fact Possibly. that you guys are just, like, so up-to-date on you have to have the best of whatever that, like, you just send me your, your old shit and I'm completely okay with it. So, uh, when am I getting a 1080? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't even Let's have a 1080 Alex yet. About that. Come on. I don't think Alex does either. Uh, 1080 Ti? Yeah, come on. What are you talking about, Brendan? Oh, I didn't realize the TIs came out. Yeah, out. Brendan. I know you were waiting on the TIs. All right, well, I think with that, we were going to wrap this up. Um, 
Unless oh, and what is this? What is this Disney bar thing? Oh, so while I was down in Disney, there is this fantastic bar that everyone needs to go to called Trader Sam's. It's actually in the Polynesian Resort at Disney. And the reason I wanted to bring this up because I feel like you guys would love this bar. Um, does it have alcohol? Yeah. First of all, there's booze. Secondly, right. Alex. So you. Like, you have to go down this back hallway that, like, no one ever goes down, and there's this very nondescript door, and that's the entrance to Trader Sam, so you, like, open it up, and it does like, so there's no, like, big sign that's like, hey, here's the bar. It's very hidden. And then once you get in, it's all uh, Polynesian-themed, of course, but any drinks that anybody orders in the bar changes stuff that happens in the bar. So, what? yeah, so I ordered a volcano. And so it came in this like cool little volcano glass that and it was glowing red. And when it came out, an air raid siren went off and all of the pictures of volcanoes in the bar erupted and smoke like came out of the pictures and all of the lighting went red. Like and, That's and all of the bartenders cool. are like, Sounds oh kind of no, annoying. the volcanoes are erupting. And then there's like another one that's <laughs> um, like the, called the Nautilus, and it's served in a submarine. And when they bring it out, they just squirt water in the air and bubbles come out of the bar. And like they're all in scuba gear when they serve it to you. So like there's like a thing <laughs> to this, which is really cool. The other thing that I thought was super cool about the bar was that the chairs will randomly change heights on you very slowly without you knowing and i didn't know this so i have my first drink with my dad and i'm noticing that the table is getting like closer and closer to my face and i just think that i'm getting really fucking drunk because <laughs> i'm just like dude i can't stand up straight anymore this table is like coming at me like the room is spinning this is weird and my dad is just like no dude your chair shrank like four feet <laughs> so basically what you're saying is people with epilepsy and people currently high on drugs need not attend yeah, or get high on drugs and then attend Whoa. because like you will have it? experience <laughs> does, it, does it negate it you're so dumb Brendan uh, that's what I'm here for <laughs> oh thank you I can't imagine relief. working there like the 82nd times you have to do like the volcano thing you're like frickin eh? <laughs> alright Volcano. the volcanoes are erupting I guess right. everybody <laughs> Oh, there was a volcano, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the Nautilus, you're like, Fri I gotta put on the frickin' scuba there, gear. There was a, there was a, a <laughs> zombie head that, like, they, they, you, they'd, like, just act like a zombie and kind of stagger their way over to you and then serve you your drink. Yeah, no, it was cool. There's, like, a bunch of stuff. It's a really awesome thing. I highly recommend anyone that's going to Disney no, check Tom, that shit out. No, I was a zombie the last six times. You be the zombie <laughs> this time. Not doing it again. Uh, on that note, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. This week's podcast was produced by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Brendan Jones, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. 
This week's music was again brought to you by Amair, A-M-A-I-R, or some of you know him, Andrew Real. You can check out his music at www.soundcloud.com forward slash Amair or on Spotify. Also, this week's podcast was brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, fabricators, and designers based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check them out at www.reclaimindustrial with an e.com, or you can check out their Instagram. Also, you can check out our website at www.wearethehorizon.com for other video content and some free stuff. Until next time, this has been The Forecast. Thank you.